Welcome, everybody, back to The Root and Edified Show. You are joining us for a special, special episode today with a special, special woman, Katia Rosario Pavey. And you are joining us for an episode today of Apologetics, Knowing What You Believe and Why. It's going to be amazing. Let's have a little happy dance for our guest, Katia Rosario. Woo! Very excited. Maracas and everything. All right. <laughs> Before we introduce Katia in a little bit more, I want to remind you about a few things about this podcast. This podcast, The Rooted and Edified Show, is part of and sponsored by Beautifully Rooted, which is a Christian mental health and education corporation. This show, The Rooted and Edified Show, is a fun-loving, no-facade, conservative Christian worldview show for both men and women who want to hear about the four T's, which would be testimonies, topics, talents, and theology, of course. We want to help you grow deeper in your relationship with Christ and more mature along your walk. And if we can get a few laughs on the way, we are happy with that. As a reminder, we put out an audio podcast and a video one. So whichever is your preference, there's something available to you. If you're excited about what you heard today and you want to help out in some way, you want to help volunteer with us or, or you would just want to contact us to let us know some of your thoughts, feel free to visit our website, which is www.beautifullyrooted.com. And that is spelled B-E-Y-O-U. So now let me tell you more about our amazing guest today, Katia Rosario Pavey. She is the vice president of Women in Apologetics Ministry. You probably have already heard of her or seen her, and she does an amazing job. She oversees the events in the Spanish departments. She is a passionate defender of the Christian faith and a minister of the gospel, which has led her to speak at diverse apologetic conferences, churches, and organizations. Her goal is to provide relevant insight to equip believers to live in the light of the gospel truth. Praise God for that. She's also, in her spare time, she's also a chapter director with the Reasonable Faith Ministry along with her husband, where together they lead a, an apologetics class at a local church. So we're so glad that you're joining us today, Katian. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and also about your ministries? Yeah, absolutely. It's such a pleasure to be here with you. Uh, I'm really honored for the invitation. <laughs> so about our ministry myself, I I came into apologetics uh, without actually even knowing. I just almost like stumbled into it. So it was a great story. Um, I was a youth and a church. I grew up in the church since I was five years old. My mom was a Christian. And so we had, when, when I got to my teen years, we had um, groups that would go door to door. I know this it did sound odd here, but I grew up in the Dominican Republic. So it was a different culture and different times as well. But it was a great opportunity to share the gospel. And so I would stay behind in the youth group because I felt like, okay, you guys go ahead and you start the conversation. I, I can be here in the back because I am a very logical person. And I felt that I myself had some questions. Now, I believe the Bible was true at that time. But then I thought, okay, but there are things that don't make sense. And so I'm believing them by faith. And everywhere I asked, it was, you believe by faith. And so I just knew that these people would have questions that I couldn't answer. So I'm like, no, I don't have that confidence to be able to answer that. So I would just like listen in and they ask me something or point them to the Bible or come to church. Basically, I would invite them to church, you know, like let the pastor talk to them. <laughs> yeah. So that's how it started. But years later, I went through this process of doubt because I felt like I had been raised all my life in this ideology in both in Christianity. And yet I felt like, well, but what if it's not the right one? What if actually it should be 
Islam or what if actually it's the Buddhists that have it right and I don't want to die and at the end of the day just realize that all I believed I I went to hell you know and so that started causing a lot of doubt in me I I felt God preserved my belief because I I didn't go all the way out of it but at the same time, it was definitely shaken. And that influenced my life as well, because I got to the point, well, if I'm not quite sure about this, then I can just live myself how it is. Like, I understand why I would just want to live however I want. What's the point if I'm not sure where I'm going? And so after that, I had this period, I think every Christian like grew up in the in the church takes out this period of like, I'm just like stepping away from this. But eventually God rescued me and he, he pulled me and I'm so grateful for his grace because of that. And then I discovered, guess what? There are answers all along. There are answers to my questions and it's called apologetics. Yay. So that's how I started. I know it's, and it's been a journey of just amazingness since then. That's great. That's great. You know, we call when Christians start stepping away college. Just kidding. Yes. <laughs> so hopefully you study this beforehand. So you are plugged in before university level, hopefully just for your own salvation, but also along the years where you start exploring, this might help yeah. to get you grounded into scripture. Oh, absolutely. And knowing you're what you so believe and why. So go ahead and check it out. So we're so glad that you're here today. Now, can you tell us more about your ministries? Yeah, so we have Women in Apologetics is a ministry that seeks to educate women in Christian apologetics. And we'll, I, I can explain a little bit more what that is. But we also equip them with tools and resources to be able to have confidence in their faith and be able to present reasonable arguments. And as well, we encourage them. So we have a great community on social media, Facebook, Instagram. Like, you name it, basically. And so it's a, a lot of like-minded women. We have men followers as well, just so you know, and support our ministry. So even though we our audience is women, that doesn't mean that it's exclusive to women. And so uh, it, it's just a joy to work with the ministry. Um, it's This is going to be our fifth year coming up. And so, it, yeah, I know. It just looks, it, it feels like a blur almost, but it, God has been just blessing us. So greatly. How about your Spanish ministry? You also have one of those, right? Yes, we do. So we started Spanish ministry last year and it's been great because we also have a Spanish presence in both Instagram and Facebook, just so you know. But the cool thing about it is that in the Spanish community, apologetics is not very well known. Mm. And the communities or the countries that do have some kind of presence usually tend to be more of men apologists, male apologists. There are not a lot of women. And so with that, we really recognize the need for that. And we've started uh, small, but like our, last year in our conference, we had a few sessions during our annual conference. I believe it was four sessions that were exclusively in Spanish. And then we've also started working on translating all of our articles and resources into Spanish as well. Oh, that's We good. have that. And, and that's been a blessing. We have great translators from Colombia, Chile, Argentina, so many. And, and we just absolutely love that team. So if they want to find more out about women in apologetics, and also, do you want to mention the name of your Spanish ministry? So, yes, absolutely. So uh, the reason why I threw that off is like, it's women apologetics, but specifically mujeres en apologetica. 
So that's how you would find us in Instagram or social, Mujeres en Apologetica. Okay, and a website that they can go to? It's womeninapologetics.com. And so that website right now, we don't have a separate one for the Spanish ministry. You would get to the Spanish articles through going through the main website and looking at resources. It'll say resources in English, resources in Spanish, or articulos en español. And then you click on that and you'll be able to pull that up. Perfect. Now, do you have anything coming up that everybody should know about because you guys are such an amazing ministry? Well, yes, now that you mentioned that, we have our annual conference coming up. It's June 9th through the 11th, and it's going to take place in both in-person and virtual. So in-person is going to be in Boca Raton, Florida. So South Florida, you definitely want to go in the summer, you know, like beach, community, women, you know, it's going to be great. And then if you can't join in person, then we do have a virtual option. It's a virtual experience. It's not just uh, looking at a video in YouTube. No, it's a whole virtual experience. You'll be able to feel as close as possible as to being in person. There's going to be a lot of interaction. So we have both ways available. We have also churches, a church streaming license that churches, we have so far 14 churches are going to be streaming the event to their congregation and ministry groups. So we're very excited about that. But yeah, that's great. The website for that, you can find it actually in our main website. So womenofposites.com, go to events, and then you'll be able to see the link for more information. That's amazing. So that would be this year. Can you give us the dates one more time? 2022, just in case they hear in the future. So June 9th through the 11th of this year. So basically in a month. (laughs) Exactly. So, but if they wanted to still sign up because it's such an amazing conference, I've been before. I loved it. It was just such a fresh breath of air. I absolutely amazingly loved it. I'm sure you put it together along with all of your ministry partners and it was just amazing. So you're going to want to go, whether it's in person, you're going to want to go if it's in person, but you also want to do virtual. So will they be able to get virtual tickets right up until the date or is there a cutoff? Yes. No, you can get virtual tickets up until the day that entrance, both whether you walk in in person or whether you get it online, you both will be able to do it uh, up to the day of. And if they want to watch it after, is there any option? We do have recordings. So there are some cases, for example, that they just have a schedule conflict that they can't attend that same day live. So we do have a recording only option and it's all on the same page, all these options, and you can purchase that and you'll have access to the whole conference and not just the talks, but also the the worship times, the special times, the all the things show live taping and even bonus sessions. So yes, we recommend the recordings are always really good. Okay, so let's jump in to the nitty gritty of what is apologetics? What does it mean? So the simplest way to explain it is apologetics is learning how to create a case to defend your Christian faith. And that might sound like, okay, well, what do you mean by a case? That sounds like I'm arguing. No, actually, what's important is that we normally are taught by the church to know what to believe. So this is what the Bible says. We believe that, right? We're also taught how to live it. How do we live the teachings of the Bible? But the part that apologetics teaches is why do we believe those things that we we believe? And so that's the part that's important and it's key. And so apologetics is really a branch of theology. Theology speaks to the doctrine, the understanding of what the Bible says, the teachings, 
Apologetics is a branch of it. And what it explains is, okay, now that you know what to believe, but why do you believe it? That's the part that's really key and a lot of people can miss. And the word apologetics comes from the Greek, apologia, and apo means from, logos, which is where logia comes from, means an intelligent reasoning. So you are coming from an intelligent reasoning or a defense of something. And so what used to happen is that in the ancient Greek courts, the defenders would present an apologia on behalf of the accused. That's what we do when we transport that into Christianity. And there's, I mean, there's apologetic for Islam, there's apologetic for Catholicism, all that. But in our case for Christianity, we want to present a case for why we believe it's true. And this is the evidence. So that's that's the best way to explain what apologetics is. I love that. And I love that you reminded us it's not just for women, even though your ministry is for women, but it's for men oh, and women. Yes. And children. And children. Thank you for that. That's a, a great reminder. I did forget about those children. I wonder why. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> Can you tell us who might be some famous apologists that we might recognize, some maybe we might not recognize, but should go out and go look up? Yeah. So uh, I'm going to take some classic apologists first. So C.S. Lewis, he was an incredible apologist. He presented a case. And if you read, for example, Mere Christianity, one of his books, you'll see how he presented a defense for the Christian faith using reasoning. We have St. Augustine, St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, believe it or not, Blaise Pascal, scientist, but at the same time, he also presented a case for defense and reasoning for the, his Christian faith. And so we have all those, right? But in modern times, there are some other ones, such as Norman Geisler, William Lane Craig, um, we have Albin Plantiga, uh, J.P. Moreland. And so those are the ones that have developed either new reasoning, new defenses for, for, let's say, the existence of God. For example, they have great resources, great books, and those are kind of like the classics. Now, then there's the other ministries that are organizations or individuals that have dedicated to doing that. And, and there's, there's a like lot women of apologetics. Yes, like the women apologetics, for example. <laughs> yes. The number one I recommend, women apologetics, <laughs> yes. I think we're going to get to it shortly, but just as a quick snidbit, do you think that somebody who has never heard of apologetics before, this is a brand new word, it sounds like you might saying I'm sorry to somebody, they have no idea about yeah. the Greek <laughs> history of the word and the root of the word, and so it might be a little bit intimidating for them. Is this something that you need to have a degree for? You need to get a certificate in? You need to study for 20 years to implement? Or is this something that people can jump right in and start studying and utilize it? Or do you really need to have a PhD in apologetics? So I'll tell you a quick story. I have a friend that uh, we went out to do some, you know, like those painting classes together. And we were talking when we were Christians, we were in the same church. And as we're talking, um, I'm very passionate about apologetics. And so I was telling her and, and just like billing into her that it's very important that we should do it, that we should do it with our kids. And I felt a little bit of um, doubt and resistance against it. And I thought, why is it that it's so hard for you to understand that this is so important? The Bible tells us to do it. And she's a, she's a believer and she's like a strong Christian, right? And then she just felt, as I'm talking, she just felt like, it just sounds so daunting. 
like, I don't have really time. I have three kids. I don't have time to be like studying. And it sounds so academic and, and so in depth. Like it's just, so I was like, oh, is that what it is? So you're absolutely right. It can sound daunting, but the reality of it is when you understand what you believe and the reasons why, you don't have to have a PhD. You don't have to have a master's degree. It's something as simple and not, not just believing it, let's say, by faith, but that God calls us to also involve our mind. It's our heart, our soul, and our mind. And so that means is thinking through these things, ideologies that we see in the culture today that are against the Christian faith. Well, what does the Bible say about them? And then how can you provide evidence and reasoning for it? And so to continue that story, the end of that story, probably a couple of days later, she texted me and she said, oh my goodness, help my six-year-old. What we were getting ready for a church. My six-year-old just asked me, how do I, um, how do I know that our God is actually the real God? Wow. And I'm like, there we go. Perfect case. You're like, <laughs> you're like, eat your eggs. Yeah. Don't exactly. ask mommy. Like, that's what I've been saying. And so she just told me like, you should have to present it in a way that people understand what you're saying, that they don't think that you're trying to defend and like argue or just like attack something. And I was like, you don't have to pass the bar to jump into apologetics yeah. and utilize it. Absolutely not. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And on our show before, we've had an episode on opening up the scriptures. We've had an intro to the Bible and something that we emphasize a lot. And I'm sure that you guys do as well as having a degree in theology is amazing and it's great. And it's, it's a wonderful, it's wonderful to have that academic backing, but we are commanded, like you say, to read the word, every single person degree or not, whether you're a CEO or whether you are working in the fields, whatever it is, you are commanded as a believer to yeah. read scripture, to know scripture and to grow in scripture. And yeah. I'm thinking that there's a parallel with apologetics. You don't have to have a whole history of this intellectual background for mm -hmm. you to understand the word. God will open that up to you. And I'm thinking, of course, you're going to grow when you're studying apologetics, but you don't have to have this intellectual background to defend your faith. You're supposed to know why you believe what you believe. And I think that can translate for anybody in apologetics if you dedicate your time. Absolutely. Yes. And you know, it's, it's great that you mentioned the study of the scripture, because one thing that a lot of Christians miss is the fact that learning how to defend your faith and present a reasonable case for it does, is a command. It's not an option. And so there are many verses in the scripture that talk about that. And it's easy to forgo. I, I read an article reason about saying how this is the most commonly overseen command in the whole Bible to actually intellectually engage with the scriptures. And if the Bible commands us to do it, that implies that they're not, it's not asking you to have a degree in that and that anyone can actually do it. So you don't have to have a degree to get into heaven. No, exactly. Right, yeah. Exactly. And God's not giving you a command that he doesn't know that he's made you capable of fulfilling it and that you are able to fulfill it. He's not going to do something and demand something that you can. That's why he gave us Jesus because we couldn't save ourselves. Right. And so with that said, it's, it's not it. I can understand that it can sound daunting when you're starting. And actually at the conference, I'm going to be doing a workshop on how to get started apologetics. Just how do you get started and overcome that first fear? But other than that, it's something that we all as Christians have to do regardless. That's what the Bible says. That's right. And, and while you're talking, I was thinking, you know, we all have different backgrounds 
and and different educational levels, different experiences. We all have different backgrounds. And all of those people need to read scripture. And other people who are to receive Christ need to hear from people from different backgrounds. Not It's not always one size fits all. So oh, there are some people who are CEOs who not always, but might have a particular personality, maybe more rigid, maybe more firm. You know, they got mm-hmm. to where they are for a certain reason, but that particular personality may work for a particular type of person when yeah. it comes to reaching them and talking with them. But somebody with a different background may have developed a different personality and different characteristics that might be a little softer, might be a little bit more malleable, whatever it is that the person they're speaking to may receive a little bit better. So absolutely, people will benefit from hearing from all these different personalities. So don't exclude yourself and yeah. keep listening because I think that you're going to be very interested in what this is. I know that it's something that I love. It's something that piques my interest a lot. So I think that you're going to love it as well. So that kind of leads us, we've already kind of answered my next question, but if there's anything else to draw from it, why do you think apologetics is helpful and why is it important? So why is it important? Because God tells us to do it. That's <laughs> right. As simple as that, the scripture commands it. And I have a couple of verses that I just want to give you an example, because I just want to say, oh, the Bible says so, like we're in the Bible, right? So this is kind of like the apologetics most named verse, but first Peter 3.15 says, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your heart. Always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in with, in you, yet with gentleness and respect. We have 2 Corinthians 10, 15. It says, we are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. I mean, we see in our culture, every, so many things are raised up against the knowledge of God and against what he teaches, Right. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So in order to take every thought captive, we have to understand why we believe that thought, right? And then we result in obedience to Christ. And which thoughts to take captive and which ones not to take captive? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So we have a Colossians uh, has on that. um, Acts, you see Paul defending the Christian faith that from the early church, that from the times of Jesus, right? And so he's at the Oropagus, he's explaining the, the prophecies, how Jesus came, what he loved, the early church. And I'm like, these are perfect examples, you know? This is something that the God, sorry, the Bible left for us for a purpose so that we can teach others and we can also really love God with all our mind. Amen. Amen to that. Do you think that apologetics helps someone in receiving the word and in the Great Commission being fulfilled? Yes. So there are people that you and I both know, right? We all know someone that either has doubts about Christianity or are they just, or maybe if it's an atheist, they just say there is no God, you know? And so with that, what apologetics does is that it helps you ask questions, understand more, talk to them about that. For example, if there is, um, if they don't believe that God actually exists, well, let's see, look at the evidence. And there are arguments for that specifically that will help you answer those kind of questions. And so, yes, it definitely helps with evangelism. 
You can meet them intellectually where they are. Uh, maybe their doubts come from something that sounds so far-fetched. Well, let's talk about this with reason, with evidence. And so that's how apologetics works so well with evangelism. It's not one or the other. It's not faith or reason. It's both combined. And it's that's how God designed it, and that's how it works best. And again, I think that we've covered it, but just to get straight to the point again, do you think that learning apologetics is good for our own spiritual life? Yes. So I had that experience with myself. I had doubts and I wasn't sure. And I was going from one worldview to the other, just thinking which one's right. I'm not sure. And I didn't have confidence in my faith. I was believing literally by faith. And when you do that, there's always something at the end of the day, like a little seed in you that's planted that basically says, but is this really true? And so when I discovered apologetics and I went from, I, I feel like God exists, the Bible says so, um, to the point of, wait, there is very distinct evidence that when you put it all together, you almost have like no other alternative but to believe that this is true. And we do that in our whole lives every day when we see different clues of things. We're like, we can come to a very reasonable conclusion. And so that's the thing that apologetics does as well. That And as a Christian, I saw my faith being so, it's like when they say that when you see something, you can't unsee it. It's the same way. I felt that I can't ever go back to that because I am so sure that there is a lot of reasons for my Christian faith that I... I'm like, I'm confident now. I could go back to those doors and knock again and be like, I'm ready. <laughs> yes, I love that. I love that. Now, just a, a very serious question here. Now, if you are bouncing from different worldviews, does that make you a world traveler? No? Ah, I'm just kidding. That's I'm just kidding. hilarious. Okay. <laughs> Not really a serious question. Okay. What do you think are some of the most common topics or issues that apologists typically encounter and that they tackle? So the existence of God is kind of like a starting point, because if you don't believe God exists, then you can fall prey to any ideology in the culture, because what's your standard for knowing right versus wrong, right? So the existence of God is definitely an, uh, one of the big reasons. You also have cultural issues that we are dealing with um, right now, for example, when it comes to like sexuality or when it comes to abortion, we also have different worldviews. Like one of my cases, which one is right? And Christianity can be very, can sound very exclusive, very intolerant. This is the way and that's it. And so people around are like, well, why? Why are you so exclusive? We feel that Anyone can reach God. And so these are the kind of questions that we can definitely go to apologetics to help us be prepared to answer. Another one is science versus faith. If you believe in science, you can't really believe in faith because science is very specific, empirical evidence. Faith is, well, this is how I think and feel. And so there's that, that discrepancy, but in reality, they go hand in hand, you know, but those are the kind of topics that apologists deal with and, and help answer. You reminded me that when you're speaking about science and how so many people believe that science is opposite to faith is something that I love about your ministry is that from what I can tell is that so many of you in your ministry have completely different backgrounds and careers and focuses and expertise. And what connects you all is the apologetics piece. So I remember yes. that you have a scientist there and just these different faiths. I think that you have a technical background, right? Just how 
the apologetics mm-hmm. piece connects you. How that's that's how the Lord works. Our scripture connects us all, even if we have different expertise. Amen. Yes. And we have different a lot of people of in our team have different backgrounds, even people that were rescued from New Age, people that were Mormons. We have, like you said, scientists, we have people that study the neuroscientists, professors in the university to teenagers that are, you know, in church trying to get their youth group together and and go through some books, maybe. So, yeah, that's really a privilege to be able to serve with so many women that unites us. And that's what we call it, the we a tribe. We're all, Mm -hmm. we've we've kind of coined the term apolitics. And so if you see it trending on hashtag, that's us. But that's what we are. It doesn't matter what background we are, but in Jesus, we have unity. Very good. Now, can you give us an example or two of what utilizing apologetics might look like? Yeah, absolutely. So, for example, like for example, my friend that had her six-year-old ask her, "Why do? Why is our God, you know, the right one and not the others?" But in morality, so you have, for example, the existence of God. You have there are several arguments for the existence of God. That is one of the issues that you can encounter. And so we have a cosmological argument, and basically that's a philosophical argument based on science and explains why from the cosmos and the universe we can see hard data that when you take all the evidence together, it points to a beginning. And in order for us to know what caused the beginning, we have to look at on a transcendental, uh, timeless, eternal being. And so you can point that to God. That's a very brief explanation, obviously, of that argument. But then you also have the argument from design. What do we see in creation? What are the intricacies of the cells of the organisms and all that? How can you explain it coming from just random or random mutations? You have to explain it by a designer. And then there's a moral argument. Where do our moral standards come from? Do we come up with them arbitrarily? And so if we have no moral standard, can we even say that somebody's doing something wrong to you or not? And should you even be offended by it? No. And so with that, there those are different areas and different um, examples that you can use with other people to speak to them. Uh, the science and, and faith is another one. And we have amazing scientists, for example, in the apologist world that help answer those questions. What about the one that I hear so often, which is how can bad things happen? How can there be a good God if bad things happen? Yes. yes. It really seems like... It really seems like with a lot of atheists, there's when you speak with a lot of atheists, there's just this humongous aspect of pain. That's what I that's what I've experienced is that there's this this pain that's behind there, some sort of grief that turned into anger and they just turned away from God. You know, in our in our um, human mind, we have such a limited knowledge of God's will and and how even the world works because we don't see the spiritual warfare behind that. And so that is a big problem. Actually, C.S. Lewis, the great apologist, he struggled with coming to Christianity because of that one specific problem. It was the problem of evil. And so he one of the things that he came to the conclusion and realized is I've been I've been just fighting against the problem of evil and why is God so evil and allows evil. But then he realized, well, how can I even describe what evil is and what's wrong when I have no standard to compare it with? And he talks about a straight line. How do you know it's straight? Because or how do you know one is crooked? Because it doesn't match up to what a straight line is. 
And so you're right. And we actually just had our conference completely virtual in which that was one of the topics that we talked about, about the problem of evil and how we as Christians can help others explain how we can help them grieve as well, because you have to understand it's not just reasoning. It's also having a gentle answer, a kind answer and being there with them, loving them like Jesus loved them. And then later on, you can just explain it a little bit more for them. So really today, this is more of an introduction to what is apologetics. We're going to give you some resources or you're going to give some resources, right? Some of the topics that might come up, obviously in this hour, we can't discuss every single thing, although I'm sure you have every single answer in your mind and you're already prepared, I'm sure. But today is really to pique your interest and to get you to dive deeper because maybe you're thinking, yes, I do want to grow in my spiritual walk. Yes, I do want to be able to answer these questions that come up. Yes, I do have a six-year-old. So I would like to have some of these questions prepared. So if we're thinking about a beginner, a lay person who wants to learn more about apologetics and is trying to figure out where do I start? What, what are some of the topics that I should jump in first? What would you recommend a, a starting place to help mm -hmm. them in their discussions with other people? So this is where I would recommend as a Christian from my own experience, I would say that just first assuring your own faith and you'll get that through the study of apologetics. So are you a hundred percent sure? Do you feel a hundred percent sure that you know the Bible is true? Do you, are you a hundred percent sure that the Bible is reliable, that you can trust what it says, or do you have difficulties with it, which is perfectly normal. But if you have some difficulties, you see some passages that you feel are I don't know about this passage. I mean, it portrays God in a terrible way. Or this is a miracle that I'm not quite sure that it happened like that. I mean, what about Jonah? Did he die? Is this a metaphor? <laughs> you know, so that would be the first place to start, in my personal opinion. And somebody else might differ from me. But because for me, the scriptures are so important, I think this is our starting point. First, study on that. And just there's so many resources that you can just do a Google search and make sure it's from a reputable source, of course, <laughs> and just find out evidence for the reliability of the scriptures. There's a lot of resources, and I can mention uh, some books to get started as well. So once you get from that, you will, because that also happened to me, and I've heard it from a lot of people, your own confidence in the scriptures and in, in God will be assured. And then you can start to tackle more difficult topics. So one of them is we're dealing right now with a possible overturn of Rose's verse. This way. God willing. And yes, God willing. But there are so many conversations going on about abortion right now. And yes. so you just have to make sure that once you're rooted in your faith, you can then explore and see what are the arguments on the other side? Let me see what they're hearing. How can I best answer that? What does the Bible says? Let me get more resources on it. And it's almost like you're building the base so that you can launch yourself softly to other topics versus like jumping straight out is like, oh, abortion, because what's going to happen is your feelings are going to trump your mind and your feelings are going to be like, well, what about this? Well, that makes sense. But if you're not rooted in the scripture, then you're just, it's easy to go, well, like the Paul says, taking every thought captive so that you're not taken by every ideology in the culture. That's so right. that's where I, I would start. Great advice. I love that. Now, some people 
are a little bit wary of, of jumping into apologetics because they're nervous. They need to build a little bit more confidence. They're unsure of how to answer questions when they don't know the answer. Well, I guess first, would you do you think that this will help build their confidence? And second, what do you do if you don't know the answer? And you're already in conversation with somebody. Yeah. So absolutely first thing, ask them questions. Know that you don't have to don't allow yourself to be put in a position in which you have to present a defense of what you believe. And that's what usually somebody on the other side would say is like, well, show me that God exists. Well, why do I have to show? Like, there's so much evidence, but tell me more about that. Why do you feel like that? Why do you feel that maybe he doesn't? What are your arguments for it? So you can push it back on them. Don't feel like you have to present a whole case for by just one question. But ask the person questions, clarifying questions. What do you mean by that? How do you come to that conclusion? And uh, Greg Coco does a great job in his book, Tactics of giving you literally tactics on how to answer and how to have those conversations. And that first step, you may not know the answer to the topic originally, right? But once you start hearing why they think a certain way or exactly what they think, you start understanding a little bit more on how you could possibly respond. And you may have some preliminary answers or you may not. And what happens when you don't? You're like, oh, this is above my head. I'm not quite sure. Well, first, admit that you don't necessarily know how to respond that one. That's perfectly fine. Be humble about it, right? And then just say, do you mind if I just like do a little bit deeper? Because what you're saying is very interesting. I hadn't thought of it that way. Let me do a little bit more research. And then you can go back, uh, do, you know, do more search. You have to do your homework, of course, and then come back to the person. The other option is the person is willing to do that is do you do you mind if we like let's investigate that together invite them to join into that conversation and that investigation and sometimes they will be open sometimes they won't but if they won't you have to ask them if i were to find evidence that proved the this for example that god exists that the bible is reliable would you be willing to change your mind and if they say no of the bad, then don't spend time on it because it's a matter of heart. It's not a matter of mind anymore. But if they are like, well, I want to see more, then that's just got opening the door for you to be able to have even fuller conversations. And maybe you won't spend more time with it on them if they're rejecting it so much, but you probably still want to study it. So you're ready to Absolutely, answer because the next for time next it time. comes around, you want to be prepared. <laughs> yes, yes. And I love your reminder that we don't always have to answer everything. We can ask them questions. Like you said, that Greg Kokel promotes and that apologetics promotes in general. It reminds me about parenting. And it also reminds me about counseling because I'm thinking about in parenting when our children ask us, asks us things, sometimes they ask us things and it shocks us and it knocks us off because we're not sure how we're going to answer. And of course we don't tell them, we have no idea how we're going to answer you. But (laughs) sometimes what we need to do, right. It's not even about our answer. It's about now that's interesting. Why do you ask? Yeah, because there's something going on with them. Yes. And if you really go off into the deep end about whatever they asked you because it was shocking or whatever, you're wasting a lot of time when really it has to do with that one thing that is inside of them. You're right. They can go to. And that reminds me in counseling. We do the same thing. They might ask us, you know, something inappropriate, grossly personal, or they might ask a question that, that we have to turn around and say, now that's interesting. What makes you ask that? 
instead yeah. of that's instead of us answering exactly it's looking into what's going on inside so that's a great reminder instead of going off in the deep end and spending an hour maybe you get to that one one route that is going on inside of them you build empathy by listening to the other person because they're like okay you think that what i'm saying is important exactly so it opens the door it opens hearts Yes. Amen. Thank you for that. Now, for those that want to dive deeper, they are just, they're sold. They've got, they've already, as we've been talking, purchased a ticket to your conference. They have downloaded every book from C.S. Lewis already. For those that want to dive deeper into apologetics and find it refreshing and intriguing like me, what would you recommend for them? What are the options out there for them? Are there books that you recommend, courses, programs, degrees, things like that? And then maybe we can get into, are there places on social media that they could follow as well? But I guess first, books that you recommend? So I obviously, am, when it comes to books, I'm biased. We all have our preferred list, right? <laughs> But if I were to recommend to get started, so talking about basic apologetics and the books I'm going to tell you that I'm I'm thinking of are books that kind of cover a lot of areas in simple ways versus like one book on one specific topic, right? So for example, Love Your God, Love Your God with All Your Mind. That's by J.P. Moreland. And that one speaks on how we do that part of the command about loving God with our mind. And he does on the scripture base for that. And it's a wonderful book. We have R.C. Sproul. And in following with that, R.C. Sproul wrote a book called Let Us Reason. And that one also, I believe... Yes, that one almost is so is a good to kind of like get started, kind of like make your intellect start generating, you know? Now, now when you're creating brain to, cells, that's great. Yeah, exactly. That's what we need. Yes. Fire them up. Yes, that's yeah. right. So the other thing is that there are books then that will start with the different arguments or the different evidence to for that. So we have On Guard by William Lane Craig. That's like the layman's version of his reasonable faith book, which is like this big and like this big. He's like, okay, I'm going to do one for the masses. <laughs> and so that's a really great book. I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist by Frank Turek is a great one. And there is one that I absolutely love. It's even like more easy to read, but just covers everything. And it's by Ken Samples. It's called Confronting Christian- oh, sorry, Christianity Cross-Examined. And it's so good. I love it because it just covers everything by chapter. It just it changes every chapter is different, but it just covers like this is the case. And it has like some questions for reflection afterwards. So you understand what you read. I absolutely love that book. I love that. Now, if I remember correctly on your website, you have lists of books. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, we do. If you go to the resources section, there is one called Recommended Resources. And you will find there over a hundred books on different topics. Probably every topic you can think of when it comes to apologetics, you will find it there. So there's great suggestions on, um, oh, you know, Jay Warner Wallace's books, all of them are excellent. And they're very easy to read. And I love the fact that he uses cold, because he's a cold case detective. He uses that kind of approach to a case to evaluate the scriptures, which I absolutely love. So you'll find... Basic apologetics, a whole list of that. You'll find, for example, cultural apologetics. So books on sexuality, books on abortion, the sanctity of life. You find books on different worldviews as well. You can 
either uh, books that compile them all together and explain or different ones. There's so many. And my favorite portion of this, because I personally have a passion for children and apologetics. So for parents, and usually I, that's one of the main topics that I speak on. And we have a section that are resources for kids that are apologetics based and they are age categorized. So right. you find like whether your kids are little and small, whether you have like teenagers, but to, so check it out. It's really cool. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening right now that are very passionate about apologetics with children, considering there's such an attack on sexuality oh my goodness, and yes. gender and all this for children, targeting them. Absolutely. I feel like more than even before, it's targeting yes. them. And so this is definitely something that I think parents are going to want to review. Mm-hmm. How do I talk to my children about healthy sexuality, what God created, not what yeah. the world says it is? Yeah, and there are on topic of books on that, um, there are a couple of authors that specialize on that for parents. So for example, Natasha Crane has several books on for parents specifically, and Mama Bear Apologetics has two books as well. And the latest one, The Guide to Sexuality, speaks on that specific topic in particular. So all of those I definitely recommend. Thank you for that. So now if we're talking about if somebody wanted to take classes, if they wanted to take some sort of program certificate. Maybe they want to get a degree in it, or if there's a school they can go to, what are some options for people that are out there that they can look for? So Women Apologetics has, uh, right now we launched a course in Islam, and we have some other mini courses, we call them mini courses that are coming up, and they're just easy, you can take them out of your time, they're going to be online, and that's going to be launched probably like end of summer, uh, towards fall. So if you follow us, you'll be definitely aware of when they're launching. And then there's other programs that are either have certificates or are actually degrees. So we have a list. If you go to our site, there is a, a, a menu on academics, and then you'll see a list of both programs that are apologetics, but are have cert, either certificates or not, but they're not accredited by university, right? So there's a list that you can follow. So you're like, I don't have time to actually go get a degree for two years. So what can I do that'll take me two or three months? Those are certificate programs. And then there's also a list of university programs that we recommend for other people that are like, no, actually, I do want to study this because this is going to be my career or or what I'm going to go to. And you'll be able to find them there. And those are accredited. Yes. And those are accredited. Mm -hmm. And what is the actual degree in? Is it apologetics? So there's, there's there's diverse. Yes. For example, Biola has a master's in in Christian apologetics. And they also have a certificate in Christian apologetics. That is kind of like a smaller version. So it depends on which one you go, right? Southern Evangelical Seminary also has apologetics base. Some universities have them in, for example, uh, like they have them in theology. And then some of them have it specifically in apologetics. So just look through those. But we've actually compiled that list specifically for that type of field. Do you, how long do you think it takes for someone to get a good grasp, their foot really wet in apologetics? That's kind of a weird statement, isn't it? Foot kind of wet in apologetics. How much? Do, how long do you think it takes for somebody to really feel like, okay, I've got a, I've got a pretty good grounding here? And how much time do you think that they people need to dedicate to studying apologetics? So if you don't have to dedicate it a lot of time. You can, if you if you're a reader you have an advantage because that way you can just take a chapter a day of a book and start reading. And by the end, I I don't know where I read that if you read a chapter a day for a whole year, you could read something over like 40 something books. Really? How about for math people like me? 
math people. <laughs> yeah. So I, I love when I heard that, I was like, I'm just going to do aim for the small thing, one chapter a day, and then just see how far I can get. <laughs> I love reading. But if if you're not necessarily a reader, there are options for you because there, if, like I said, you like to watch videos. There are a lot of organizations and ministries that have videos instead. And so just start doing that. Just look them up. Like Mike Winger has really cool videos. Center for Biblical Unity has really good videos as well that can be helpful. And so if you just basically just start, that's all it takes. And you you don't have to be an expert at the end of the day. And maybe there are some topics that you are, you know, I'm really passionate about this particular topic because of the fact that it's, uh, it's personal for me because my children are exposed. And then you can just concentrate on that for a bit and just learn as much as you can. But there are, there are moms that have newborns that are trying to study. There are um, w- women with like grown kids and they have a lot more time. It doesn't matter where you are. It's five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day. Just read something, read an article, listen to something. I mean, I'm, sometimes I just like literally while I'm driving, carpooling, I'm listening to an audiobook. you know. And if I remember correctly, there's some things like one minute apologetics type of stuff, like a, a few yes. minutes. That you can answer. So if there's somebody that you're thinking about talking to Mm -hmm. that's of a different faith and you're maybe that you're working with or that you've encountered and you want to just dive deeper because that's the person that you're going to be speaking with, even even things on a couple minutes videos might be helpful. Yeah, you're absolutely imagine, right? right. You can look it up. And if you follow, for example, TikTok, they're starting to be a lot more apologists like Sean McDowell. He's on TikTok and he has really good, just short videos of a specific question. So those are great. Okay. Cause TikTok is not my favorite. Let's maybe that might be changing my it's mind a little bit. not my favorite either. It's not my favorite. But I'm glad to know that there's a Christian community that's growing on there. There you go. I recommend or endorse. That's a whole nother episode for me here. Oh, yes. (laughs) So speaking of social media, maybe this is a little ironic, right? So there are some that I'm okay with that I don't love their philosophy and ideology and their censorship, but I am more apt to utilize. When it comes to social media, since it is the thing that is out there that we all utilize, are there certain organizations? Is there some people that they should be following? Thing, people that you would find insightful and helpful for people? Are there people that we should know about and we should be following yeah. at this minute? So, women in politics. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Right. You can find this in all the platforms. Yes. But aside from us, there are really good. Um, so Mike Winger, for example, he has an excellent YouTube channel. Reasonable Faith is another um Another ministry that has social media, I believe it's Facebook for sure, but I believe they just added Instagram. Cross Examine is another one. And we have, there, there's, those are like the ministries, right? But then you also have, for example, Reasons to Believe. Like if you like science, Reasons to Believe has great social media content. Um, if you stand to reason, for example, is another one that they also have really good apologetic content. They do also sometimes like the the short clips, which is awesome. They do conferences. So yeah, just you can do literally hashtag apologetics or hashtag Christian apologetics on which of the platforms and it'll come up with a lot of these suggestions. That's a great idea. Great Mm -hmm. idea. Thank you. So just lastly, if somebody wanted to contact your organization, how can you remind us how they would do that again? Absolutely. So you can do it via social media you can always send us a message there you can also email us at office at womeninapologetics.com 
and we can be in touch. We have some people that email us and have like great conversations. Maybe there's something that's troubling them or they just don't know how to answer this person. They don't know how to address this issue or what they think. Oh, and boy. so you're going to be answered. You're going to be opening Pandora's box now. You're going to get I all know, these emails. But God has blessed those conversations, believe it or not. Like we've had really good. good results with people, sometimes even like atheists, some people that don't believe at all. And they'll be reaching out to us and we've had great conversations based on that. Right. So mm-hmm. I think everybody should run out and go check out your website, womenandapologetics.com. And the hashtag apologics is what you guys utilize. Yeah, we use that, especially in Instagram. So you, you put that hashtag in, you'll find like all our posts. <laughs> all right. Very cool. Now let's jump into the scripture section. Is there a particular scripture that you brought today that pertains to what we've discussed that you'd like to share and just really drive home for everybody to remember? Mm-hmm. So it's Colossians 4, 5 to 6. It's all I'm reading for you. I know. Conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. Let your speech always be with grace as though seasoned with salt, so that you will know how you should respond to each person. So I love this verse because it tells you that you should conduct yourself with wisdom, right? With uh, outsiders, meaning people that are outside the faith. And that's the way you're making the most of your opportunity. But at the same time, let your speech be guarded, be gentle, be kind. As with seasoned with salt, does anyone like a steak without salt? No, it tastes terrible. So when you put salt in it, it's like delicious. And I don't know if you're a vegetarian, but I'm just saying I love steak. (laughs) I can eat carne asada and then I can eat tofu on the same plate. I can eat it all. Yeah. I'm the same way. I'm like, is it food? I will eat it. (laughs) There you go. Good philosophy. (laughs) And so with that said, once you speak like that to others, especially outsiders, you, it ends the verse by saying so that you will know how you should respond to each person. So you should know how to respond to them. That doesn't mean that you're going to have all the answers and you're going to be able to just like spew arguments here and there. No, not at all. It takes time and it takes learning. And then ask the Holy Spirit to guide you, to guide your tongue, to guide even sometimes your intellect. You might be so tired from just hearing from your newborn. You're like, God, I have no energy. How on earth would I possibly be able to do that? He will give you the strength and he will give you the means. So do that because we should respond to each person as in defending what we believe. Amen. Thank you. I love that scripture. And that's the one that I brought as well. So I'm very glad to hear that. And I think something that jumped out at me while we're we're reading the scripture right now is making the best use of your time. Yes. As a reminder to having a discernment about what is the best usage of our time Mm -hmm. and where should we allot that time and what adjustments need to be made sometimes to do that. And also I was thinking, yes, you know what, when you're busy and you've got these little babies and all these things and or whatever else is making you busy and you, there's not an out in that minute, you know, something that I, I pray for sometimes myself is that God would just restore my body and replenish me supernaturally that he would just make for that rest that each yes. minute of sleep or hour of sleep would just be multiplied. Supernatural. Yes, so exactly. may the Lord do that it's for like you the, guys. The fish and the bread, right? It's like yes, this little thing I you. Multiply. That's great. Yes. Lord, can you take these two hours of sleep and turn yes. it into 5,000? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great one. So again, reminding you guys to make the best usage of your time, discerning who you should be speaking with and what you should be allotting your time and energy to and ask the Lord for some recuperation and restoration so that you can get out there and go. Amen. 
Okay, so as we end today, what would be the one thing, Katien, that you would have? And by the way, you are my tokaya. You are my same name person, right? I should be calling you Kat throughout this whole interview here. <laughs> or, but then they might get confused. So what would be you the one? You have to explain what tokaya means then. Tokaya, same name person. The person with my same yes. name. So what would be the one thing that you would have everybody to take home from what we discussed today, if there was one thing they could rem remember, Kat, what would you like them to take away? So what I would say is learning how to respond to outsiders, like I was like collision and saying, and be able to be ready to make a defense for your faith is a command. It's not an option. So it's important to know that, that if you're not doing that, then you should start because the Bible tells us that we should pay attention to that. It doesn't say you have to be an academic. It doesn't say you have to have a degree in it. It just say, be prepared to give an answer. As simple as that. And so in order for us to prepare, we have to probably like do some investigation, do some reading, watch some videos, talk to others, follow some apologists, you know? And so just remember that it's extremely important. It's not an option. Thank you again, Katien, for joining us today. I really think people's interest will be piqued that are learning now about apologetics. We're so glad that you joined us today. And thank you also listeners and viewers for joining us again. We're so glad that you joined us. And if there was something that you liked today and you really got benefit out of this, feel free to give us a like, a subscribe and follow us on our social media platforms that will help encourage us to keep on going. And we'll know that you're out there listening. So thank you so much for that. Just as a reminder, we're on all your major audio podcast platforms. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. And you want to follow us on there because there's we're going to post some things that we can't post on our podcast platforms because it's just not available. So you'll know when certain things come up or if there's certain conferences that we promote or things like that, you're going to find it there. So feel free to join us and we hope that you do. To end today, we wouldn't want to end without prayer. Katien, would you mind praying for us and closing us out? Please. Yes, it's thank an you. honor. Dear, dear Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be able to talk to everyone that's listening, to be able to have such a great time with Kat, to be able to encourage others to be prepared to understand why they believe what they believe. You not only give us that command in scripture, but you provide answers, God. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for putting in our hearts the capacity to be able to read your scriptures, listen to your word, help us study it more and really enjoy it and deep, uh, delve deep into it. We are so thankful because you have left a message for us and you have not been a hidden God yet. You've given us this gift of the scriptures. We ask today that this um, humble interaction that we've had can speak to many that can touch their hearts, that they can listen to your word through it and use our, our inadequacies, our imperfections to hopefully be able to have some hearts changed. We thank you for this opportunity. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Ciao. Bye.